0: With 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.
1: Is it possible for ghosts to be afraid of what killed them? (laughs) Kind of an obvious question, but never really thought of it before. If you died in a certain way, would your ghost still be afraid of that type of death? And then we travel back in time, way back in time, 65 million years, to answer the question... Are dinosaurs actually the children of fallen angels? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit. Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garfinner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had an awesome weekend. I hope you guys had lots of fun doing whatever you did. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so first off, running into Dead Rabbit Radio Command, doing his best T-Rex impersonation. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Mo Deus. Woohoo! Yeah! Ha! Wee, yeah! We're riding him. Riding him like a little dinosaur. Wee! Modeus, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. Modeus actually signed up for the YouTube membership. It's just like Patreon, but it's through YouTube, and you get a cool little icon when you comment on the YouTube channel. Modeus, thank you so much for doing that. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially through YouTube memberships, Patreon, merch store, anything like that, just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a much. That's how you can do your part. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Okay, Modeis, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Radio command. Drive us all the way out to an apartment building. (laughs) We're standing outside this apartment building. We don't know exactly where this story took place, and I tried my best to figure it out. We'll get to that in a second, because the first part of this story, I found out, is uh, quite common, unfortunately. We're standing outside this apartment complex. It's actually just like a building with four apartments, kind of like divvied up into four different apartments. It's not like a sprawling District B-13 type of setup. It's just one building. But anyway, so we have a building. We're standing outside this building. There's four apartments in it. And I point up to the apartment building, and all of a sudden we start to see flames. Flames inside this apartment building. And I go, what we're here for just in time It's very tragic. The horrific scene we're about to watch as I'm prying your eyelids open. This apartment complex is catching on fire as we speak. Smoke begins to billow out of the windows. We see people run out of three of the apartments. And they're like, got out, just fine. Woohoo! But the problem is, one of the apartments, the resident is a overweight woman. And... There's this overweight woman. She's in the second-story apartment. And the flames have completely engulfed her apartment at this point. She cannot get out the door. Her only chance is to jump out of a second-story window. So, at best, we're talking like a 12-foot drop. You can survive a 12-foot drop. You know, you you can do it. People have done worse. We covered a story a long time ago about a woman who survived a 33,000 foot drop. She was A plane blew up. She was in that episode in the show notes. It's a true story. Uh, It's a fantastic story. But, you know, I wouldn't want to jump 12 feet. But you could if you had to. The problem was, is this woman was so big, she couldn't fit through the window. She couldn't get out. Like, she couldn't physically get out. So now she's stuck. Half of her's in the apartment, half of her's out of the apartment, and on the plus side, she's not going to die of smoke inhalation. It gives the fire department more time to get to her, but on the bad side, she's not going to die of smoke inhalation because she is going to die in this story. Nobody knew it at the time. You know, you're hoping for the best, but... In a fire, you have a choice. Smoke inhalation, which is basically suffocation. It's not pleasant. Um, Or burning to death, which is more not pleasant. I I think that's pretty much agreed upon. Choking to death isn't great, but being burned alive is worse. Apparently, she was hanging half out the window. Half of her was in the house. She was stuck. She couldn't get out. And the residents of the neighborhood saw her burn. Burn alive. The narrator specifically said her face melted off. I think that's probably a bit of an exaggeration. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully, because that's just... She's like, I'm still alive! As her face is melting off. But she did die. She did burn to death. As opposed to smoke inhalation. She was too big to fit through her window. This story was posted online by someone we're going to call Johnny. He lived in the apartment complex underneath this woman we'll name her Margot. he lived underneath Margot, and he said when he was setting up this story he goes fire started the woman couldn't get out she goes we saw her face melt off and it was all over the news it was really horrific and so when i want to find when i find these stories that are single uh, accounts right it's just someone saying what their experience is which is what happens a lot in the world of the paranormal i try to find any evidence that it could be true and so i i go i i thought i wonder how often this happens probably not a lot how often could an overweight woman get stuck in a burning building it does happen a lot there was not any shortage of articles i was getting two types of articles i was getting articles about people who were so overweight they couldn't leave their apartment on a sunny day like there was no flames there's no earthquake or nothing they're just sitting in their apartment now that it's time to leave i'm stuck and it was stories when i typed in you know woman stuck in apartment fire there's articles about fire department cutting through doorways and windows to get obese people out of their house but they couldn't leave otherwise i also though did find articles i'll put a couple in the show notes if you feel like uh, you just ate all these thanksgiving leftovers you're like oh putting on a little bit of holiday weight but what's the harm in that and then i tell you the story you're you're puking there were articles there were a couple articles we put in the show notes about people who were too fat to leave their house during a fire so apparently that is a thing and that's terrifying i i guess i never really thought of there was enough obese people dying in fires because they couldn't physically leave the area. They were that big. But it happens. It happens enough that I got depressed from seeing the multiple Google results on the first page. Anyways, I'll put some of those in the show notes. So it's possible that this story took place in many cities across the United States because it does happen. It's terrifying. After the building caught on fire, They were, uh, the other residents of this apartment building were put in a motel for free while they're repairing the building. They're repairing the building and Johnny and the other survivors of this fire get to stay in this hotel for free. Once the building's fixed enough, once it's fixed enough, they move back in. But apparently Margo's apartment was the hardest hit by the fire. They just weren't going to rent that out for a while. They wanna, I'm sure that the motel wasn't cheap, so they got the other residents back in. They were going to fix Margot's apartment up at some other point, but right now, too much fire damage. Plus, you know, <laughs> plus you know, all of the news articles about melting faces. No one's going to want to rent that apartment out anytime soon. So Johnny is living in the apartment underneath Margot's now unoccupied apartment. Johnny goes after I moved back in. I'd be sitting in my apartment, and I could hear someone walking around upstairs. The first couple of times, you'd brush it off, right? you think you'd just be hearing something. You'd kind of look up and be like, oh, that's weird. Kind of brushing off, brushing off. But eventually, he goes, you know what? I'm wondering if there's a squatter up there, If some hobos, because everyone knows this apartment's vacant. Someone died in it. Someone melted in there. Maybe some hobos said, you know what? <laughs> it's good enough for me. It's home. I'm homeless. I'll take anything. Maybe there's some squatters up there. So Johnny one day goes up there and looks around. There's no one in there. Okay, that's weird. I'm hearing these footsteps. There's no one in there. But that's not it. This is a very interesting ghost story. Because, like I said in the intro, Johnny started to realize something. He goes, I've never felt a presence before in this place. I've never felt a presence before. And he mentions his father hadn't either. I don't know if his father lives there or just visits regularly or what. But he goes, neither me nor my father ever felt off in this apartment. He goes, but since the fire, since Margot died, I've been having the weirdest sensation he goes, I, this is weird too. <laughs> Honestly, this is kind of weird. I watch all sorts of crazy stuff on YouTube, but it's, you know, like Pawn Stars marathons, like two hours of Pawn Stars. Or I recently found this musician called Kim Dracula, and I've been listening to the same song, like, for an hour. I can't, if I listen to the song once, it's called Superhero. I can't not listen to it just once. I'll listen to it over and over again and then listen to people like react to it. It's the weirdest thing. I can't recall a time a musician has transfixed me as much as Kim Dracula. So that's weird, right? (laughs) That's weird for a 47-year-old man to listen to a 20-year-old musician for an hour straight because I just can't listen to it once. It's the weirdest thing. But mine is not connected to anything else. Johnny says that whenever I am watching television shows or anything related to fire? Let me let me get this exactly right because I think this is important. He says if he's watching anything about fire or things about people dying because of fires. And you would go, okay, that that's weird because if I asked you, hey, when's the last time you ever watched anything? Where somebody died in a fire during it. And you're like, well, I remember during Halloween I watched something about the Salem Witch Trials. And they were talking about burning people alive. But it was like a wood carving. And yeah, I can't recall literally anything else. Maybe an action movie. Bad guy gets set on fire. Crank 2. That might actually be the last time I've seen someone on fire for me. No, hereditary. Hereditary. When Gabriel Byrne, no pun intended, catches on fire. he goes. I notice there's a strange presence. It's almost like anger. The room that I'm in when I'm watching these documentaries or these movies about people burning to death, I feel anger and I feel this kind of like disagreeable presence in the room. At best, anger, at worst. So he goes the entire atmosphere changes. I feel like this there's this presence now with me when I watch shows about fires or fire-related fatalities. And that is something that I would never pick up on because I don't watch that stuff. Not that I don't choose to, because it doesn't exist as a, <laughs> it doesn't exist as a genre. I think you would have to go seek out these things. And then a little bit of a plot twist here, I think. Let me explain. If That would be the thing, like I was watching Hereditary, and I'm watching Gabriel burn, burn to death, and if at that time there was an eerie feeling in the room, something fell off, I'd probably just chalk it up to, who's the director, Ari Aster? Ari Aster? I would chalk it up to Ari Aster's brilliant work behind the camera. I wouldn't chalk it up to a ghost, and then I would go years without seeing Anything where somebody burns to death or just gets lit on fire, like I can't even think of the last time I've seen that. He watches enough of these things that he's developed a pattern. And you go, Jason, no, 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 you're reading too much into it. He's just seen a couple things. No, even he realizes that that's odd. Even he realizes that he kind of said something that's pretty weird. Because he immediately has to defend defend himself. Because when you read this, when if someone says, hey, every time I watch a movie where someone's burning to death or gets set on fire and they're running around, I feel an angry presence. Your first question would be, well, how often do you watch that stuff? It's like the guy who goes in the doctor and says, my arm hurts if I raise it this high. Well, then don't raise it that high. It won't hurt. He wrote... Also, whenever this direct quote, also, whenever I'd watch anything on TV about fire and especially victims of fire related deaths. And then he puts in parentheses, I watch a lot of historical educational stuff. That does not clear it up at all. That's even weirder now. He's like watching silent films. Charlie Chaplin's like, ah, how many... Videos exist out there that are historical. He's like, oh, time to do some learning. He's watching the Learning Channel. He's like, ah, all these freak shows. The Learning Channel's nothing learning anymore. But he's like, late night Learning Channel. That's what I'm waiting for. And it's just burn. It's just like people. It's just footage of all these people running around burning. Like, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist as a channel. It doesn't exist as a genre. There is no... Netflix category for, for historical educational videos involving people dying in fires. That's weird. So here's the thing. First off, we have this ghost walking around the upstairs apartment. And when Johnny, which is a made-up name, but that's his real name. It was just, it just popped in my head. Same thing with Margo. Whenever he watches anything about fires or fire-related deaths, he feels an angry presence in his apartment. It's not welcome for him to watch that stuff. So the original question that I was asking when I was reading this was, is it possible for a ghost to be terrified of the way they died? I think that kind of comes into play when we look at reincarnation and unexplained phobias, fear of water, and you've never had any sort of water-based trauma. The idea is that it's possible in a past life you drowned. You have that, right? That would make sense. But otherwise, I mean, I'm trying to think... Of in the lore, do we have a lot of proof that ghosts are fearful of the way that they died? And I nothing's really popping in my head. I, I'm sure that I've come across this before. It's an intriguing question. If a ghost drowned, well, this is what's interesting. Let's say a woman drowned in a lake. The story always is, is, and if you go to that lake by yourself, you'll feel a cold hand reach around your ankle trying to pull you in deeper. It's almost as if the ghost wants you to die like they didn't. Now, you could argue ghost, demon, cursed spirit, the different categories we have, but this one you can imagine the ghost of Margot in Johnny's apartment, and when he's watching these movies, she's getting upset. It's she's becoming angry. She died in such a tragic way and when this stuff is shown on television it brings back all this bad memories that could totally be true there is also the option conspiracy cap fully on and to the jury who's listening to this episode as i'm on trial for slander or libel i just conspiracy cap i'm just throwing this out here ghosts I, have, I can't think of a time that a ghost has been angry because media depicting their style of death has been played around them. That doesn't sound familiar to me. However, the lore is full of ghost stories who get angry at the... I'm going to be very legally careful how I say this. Because let me just... Here, I will just lay out what I'm thinking. You have a guy in an apartment complex who loves fire so much... Now it's possible, Your Honor, that let's give this guy the benefit of the doubt. He didn't like fire before the apartment complex caught ablaze, But since then he's dealing with trauma and he finds the way to do that, he did watch a woman's face melt off after all, is to watch media depicting that stuff. Immersion therapy a lot of times is the best therapy for trauma. Aversion where you stay away from it and you never Look at it again, that's actually like the most harmful over time. So it's possible that he never watched this media before the fire. But let's say that he did. Conspiracy cap fully on. You have a guy in an apartment who watches enough media, movies, maybe he has songs, maybe he's listening to Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil all the time. That's his Kim Dracula. So much so that he he basically watches it all the time. Like, when's the last time you saw someone burn in a movie? He watches it enough that he can establish a pattern that there's now a ghost in his apartment. He watches a lot of flame-based media, okay? The apartment above him catches on fire. Like, I get it. That's circumstantial evidence. But it is odd It is odd. It's quite odd if somebody watches a lot of movies, historical educational movies about people burning to death and then someone happens to burn to death in the building he lives in. That is pretty weird. And the lore, ghost lore, is very, very... um, There's tons of stories like this about people who are killed unjustly, who die, and their killers are not brought to justice. And so they haunt said killer, because that's the only thing they can do. That's the only power they have. Now, I'm not saying Johnny burned a woman alive or started a fire in his apartment complex. I'm not saying that, but, Your Honor, people of the jury, it is weird. It is weird, a man who loves fire so much, he watches enough, histo- I don't even know what that means, historical, educational, he's just, I don't know what that means, in relation, I don't understand what that means, I know, I know what those two words mean, but I don't understand what how that excuses fire-based media, am I wrong, I, I, am I wrong, <laughs> you guys are just scratching your head, you're like, get to the dinosaurs, we'll get to the dinosaurs, but I find this so weird. Watches a bunch of fire movies. He was watching Fired Up, that cheerleader movie. He's like, ah, oh, it's just about hot cheerleaders. No one's bursting into flames. He watches a bunch of movies about people burning, television shows, TiVo. I don't know how else you would have a collection of them. But anyways, the apartment above him catches on fire. I'm assuming the whole apartment complex was at risk. Everyone is running out, but he stated the worst damage was up in Margot's room, so... Uh, um, fire guy loves fire movies person above him burns to death person's spirit now haunting him whenever he watches fire movies like c- could be totally circumstantial she could just not w- like watching people burn to death <laughs> which to be fair should be all of us did he murder this woman? Probably not. I mean, if he did, this is the weirdest way to confess about it. But it would, the story would make more sense if he did. And you could say Jason, the whole thing's made up. Possible. Unfortunately, this does seem to happen a lot. Overweight people burning to death in their apartments. But was this one not just an accident? Was this one a murder? Moe I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind this apartment complex. Fly us all the way. Primordial Earth. We're back. We see big old plants and stuff. All the dinosaurs are walking around. And they're way cooler than we thought they'd look. I hate this whole, like, they were all birds nonsense. Oh, the raptor was really, like, two feet tall and he had feathers. And the T-Rex... Was really two feet tall and he had feathers. Shut up! <laughs> that is the dumbest thing! I hate that! It riles me up. That is so dumb. Yeah, I get it. I get it. The chickens are the descendants of dinosaurs and they have feathers, but quit trying to tell me that a raptor had rainbow colored feathers like a peacock. It's dumb. I hate it. I hate that stuff. It's so stupid. Anyways. <laughs> That's about as that's about as uh, jazzed up as I've been on a subject in a while. It drives me up the wall. I, I, and now I know I'm going to get a bunch of pictures sent to me of uh, stupid T. Rexes covered in feathers, and so it's not they didn't have feathers? They did not have feathers. This is revisionist science. It drives me up the wall. I don't know if there's some feather fetish, some clucky out there in a laboratory who's like, you know what? These dinosaurs are too cool looking. Let's put feathers on all of them. But nobody knows that dude has a weird feather fetish. They should figure it out because he obviously comes to work dressed as a chicken. They're like, "Uh, Do you have a side job at a fast food restaurant? He's like, "Uh, Yeah, he's a clucky. But it's dumb. And I'll tell you this if you keep pushing this feather agenda, (laughs) I'm serious about this, it drives me off the wall. If you keep telling us there's feather, listen, there is one thing that is universal. Every single kid. Goes through a dinosaur phase. All of them. You, me, everyone went through a dinosaur phase. But if they got feathers, that's the end of that. No one goes through a feathered dinosaur phase. Dinosaurs are cool because they're big monsters. They're giant monsters. Every kid goes through a dinosaur phase, but you're putting that in jeopardy. You feather fetish freaks out there. Stop it. Anyways, let's talk about You're like, Jason, wow. You haven't got that jazzed up about anything in a long time. You just talked about a woman's face melting off and abused a man of murder, and he did it just casually. Are the dinosaurs, though, they're not feathers, but here's the thing. This is an interesting conspiracy theory, and I'm just going to lay it out for you. Is it possible that dinosaurs are the Nephilim? Nephilim. This story comes. There's vague references to it in the Bible, in the canonical Bible, is where that term comes from. So when people say the Star Wars canon, it's it's a biblical term. <laughs> it has to do with what books in the Bible were real, and what books in the Bible were tossed aside. In the canonical Bible, there are vague references to the Nephilim. They talk about the angels coming down god said hey this old timey stuff right before flood before the flood god's like hey i'm gonna send a bunch of angels down to earth you're gonna take care of stuff down there i'm a busy man i'm a busy man. I'm sitting up here putting feathers on dinosaurs just to piss jason off these angels came down and they fell in love with human women human women were so hot they're like dude they really got it going on down here so they started banging the women And the women couldn't resist them because these were basically (laughs) the original alpha males um, kicking around all those betas down there. They flew down and they were powerful, rich. They were angels. The women laid with the angels and they gave birth to giants. Heroes of renown is the line in the Bible. But, you know, God didn't want that. God was like, no, I put people here on earth. (laughs) Angels, you shouldn't be banging them. That's kind of messing up the gene pool. But the women were enraptured. Well, so here's the thing. In the the canonical Bible, it talks about the Nephilim, the children of angels and human women. When you go into the Book of Enoch, which is non-canonical, I did an episode on it a long time ago. I'll I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know how cringy it is. There's a song at the end. I haven't listened to the episode (laughs) since I recorded it. But the Book of Enoch is a story. It goes way more into detail. The armies of men rose up to fight against the Nephilim, but these were giant, half-human, half-angel entities, and basically, it's straight up out of Lord of the Rings, the Book of Enoch. You had the armies of man fight against the fallen angels and their children, the Nephilim, and that is when the flood happened, the famous flood that involved Noah's Ark and two of every animal and all of that. killed off the Nephilim, Killed off the women and killed off the angels. I think actually some angels came down to to fight the angels because it's kind of not a fair fight. <laughs> the humans are always like, we're already fighting witches and half human half angels. God, can you help us out? Can you at least fight the angels if you're not just gonna kill everyone? Well, he killed everyone by causing a flood. That's the book of Enoch. Bible says angels came down, befouled the earth. And God's like, ah, this sucks. My science experiment is ruined. I'm going to flood the earth. Noah, you're a good dude. Take your family and two of every animal. Get on this ark 40 days, 40 nights. You'll find land. So on. The world is destroyed in this great flood. Flood myths are all over the world. Something happened at a period of time. Because there's flood myth is just everywhere. Whether or not you subscribe to the Bible version of the story or anything else. The, something something happened because the flood story is everywhere. But anyways, in cultures that had no cross contamination either, you could argue, well, this culture borrowed it from this one. It's everywhere. That's the story of the Nephilim in the Bible. But there is a big issue because you go, and th- 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 this is such a fascinating question. I don't want to get too much into the theological quote-unquote science-y part of this, because you do have a lot of arguments when you type this in. I don't even know why this popped in my head. I think I must have stumbled across this sentiment somewhere. I'm not going to take credit for coming up with such an awesome subject because this is pretty dope. Um, Are the dinosaurs actually the descendants of demons or fallen angels? Are they the Nephilim? You have this big debate, and I remember hearing this when I was a kid. How come there are no dinosaurs on the ark? How come there are no dinosaurs nowadays? Where did they all go? If you look at the story of the Bible, was there a pterodactyl being like, let me in, let me in, and Noah's like, uh-uh, like hitting him with a broom? Well, it's interesting because I, 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 there's obviously a huge segment of Christians who go, yeah, um, dinosaurs weren't on the ark because <laughs> because a comet wiped them off the planet Earth. Most Christians believe in If not evolution outright, that, yeah, they go, there were dinosaurs, God did create the dinosaurs, and that all happened millions of years ago. So they will believe the timeline of Earth. And this is where I would fall. I would fall into. I think the Earth is billions of years old. I don't think a human was walking alongside a stegosaurus, as awesome as that would be. We have the young earth creationists who believe the earth is only 4,500 years old that the dinosaurs did walk alongside man and they were left out of the ark. And this is where you get the beginnings of are dinosaurs actually the Nephilim? And if you think all this Bible talk is boring because I do know I get emails when I talk about this stuff, hold on because I got an interesting twist to this at the ending. We're not just going to talk about just this theory. There's a really cool twist to this. Young Earth creationists say the dinosaurs got left off the Ark. That's why they're not around anymore. Um, They weren't chosen to go two and two into the Ark. And this is where you get a lot of the beginnings of this are dinosaurs actually half demon? Are they the Nephilim? Because it would make sense, right, if you're talking about giants, if you're talking about great warriors, Hercules, or a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, I know elise has done some pretty dope stuff but who would you rather have on your team now a sentient one well that's an interesting thing so when you look at when i was looking into this conspiracy theory and here's the thing i don't remember if i came up with it or if i ran across it online but once i started googling it there are a ton of discussions about this online just like fat people dying in house fires there was not a lack of argument going on about this and you would have all sorts of interesting points you'd have people go listen why would god create a giant creature with such a small brain that doesn't make sense That doesn't make sense it had to be if that doesn't make sense it had to be an angel banging a woman and then apparently she laid an egg and dinosaur popped out (laughs) that makes more sense than why would god create these things you have Young Earth Creation saying the dinosaurs did exist alongside a man. That would definitely make them Nephilim because they couldn't have evolved to that state. They definitely weren't on the Ark and we know that the flood was used to wipe out the Nephilim. Therefore, no dinosaurs. Nowadays, they were the sons and daughters of humans and demons. They were the Nephilim and them being wiped out was good. Then you have, you know, other Christians who go, no, 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 no. I mean, as cool as that would be. Don't get me wrong. I don't believe in this conspiracy theory, but that would be awesome. That would be totally awesome. And, you know, now that I think about it, no one made this connection because a lot of times these groups are kind of in their own bubble. That would play a part in the current day reptilians taking over the planet and their allegiance to... De- so, sometimes they're reptilians taking over the planet. Sometimes their alien intelligence this uh, reptilian empire in another solar system. A lot of times, though, it's just demonic. They're reptilian in the sense that they're not human and they do have this hidden agenda that usually involves like a one world government, Mark of the Beast type stuff. So it's interesting that we didn't see any cross pollination there. But you have these two groups arguing back and forth. And while it's an intriguing idea, I don't necessarily think there's a ton of evidence behind it i don't think that dinosaurs and humans walked alongside each other it would be cool if they did if they did then yeah i would go yeah if they're not on the ark that would make sense that's why god caused the flood but dinosaurs unfortunately i believe lived millions and millions of years before humans what's super interesting about all of this though this is the twist this is the twist of the story because when i'm digging through all of this stuff which i found fascinating it wasn't a waste of my time but it was hard to follow I came across this story. I didn't know this. Uh, I don't think I've ever... I didn't know this. I I don't think I've even ever claimed to have read the entire Bible. My dad was a Southern Baptist minister, but I was also lazy. Apparently, because I had to fact check this. I was like, is this true? Is this true? (laughs) I have to go to the online Bible. Figure this out. I guess in the book of Numbers. So Moses and all the Jews have escaped Egypt and they're looking for a place to stay. They've been... Promised, the promised land by God. And it's supposed to be uh I hope I pronounced this right, but I very rarely do. Canon? Canon? I think it's Canon, because the Canaanites were uh, a uh, group of people. Anyways, he sends out Moses, goes, yo, I need 12 dudes, one from each of the tribes of Israel. There's 12 tribes. Go to this place, go to Canaan, and uh see if it's everything God said it was. <laughs> I mean, he did break us out of slavery in egypt he all those miracles but you know what let's just make sure he's good on his word for this one so these 12 spies as they're called go into Canaan, and moses is like and now we wait ladies and gentlemen let's see what those guys have to say well eventually they do come back and they're carrying this giant thing of grapes Apparently, this it was like one cluster of grapes. One, you know, like the Fruit of the Loom logo. I don't eat grapes, so that's the only frame of reference I have. One cluster of grapes was so heavy that it took two men to carry it. And they had like one of those sticks going through it, and they one guy had it on his shoulder, and the other guy in the back had it on his shoulder. The grapes in the Promised Land were so huge took two men to carry one cluster. And Moses is like, what? oh my God, this is dope. This is dope. I can't believe this. And the spies are like, oh no, no, we didn't want to get your hopes up. <laughs> we we did find this giant cluster of grapes in the promised land, but this is post-flood, if you're not familiar with your Bible chronology. No, and the flood's way before time of Moses. They go, we found these grapes But we also found out that in the land that we're supposed to go to, there's a bunch of Nephilim there. And I did not know this. I did not know they showed up later in the Bible. The book of Numbers, I think it's like the fourth book in the Bible. They go, we found the descendants of Anak, which is the descendants of the Nephilim. And they still retained their great stature. These were the descendants, so a couple generations down. But uh, they go, we seemed like, the quote was, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. That's what they told Moses. And Moses is like, what are you doing? <laughs> I thought they are all dead. I thought that was the point of the flood. It's to wipe them off the earth. Well, they're descendants. They survived. And now they're in the place where God told us to go. So 10 members of this... Survey group said we can't go there, dude. It's, I mean, we do got these giant grapes, right? We don't have to worry about food or wine anytime soon, but we can't go there. It's just everything's huge, like these giant grapes, but also the people living there are huge. Like they've actually changed the landscape. Everything's big. But there was two members. There's twelve spies. Ten of them said we can't go there. Two of them said, "Listen, they're right. <laughs> right? There's a bunch of giants there, and." That's bad, but there's much giant food there too, which is good. And we have to trust God, because He's sending us there, that He will not let us get slaughtered by them. Because at this point, you have basically all the Jews that are left, all the Jews that escaped Egypt, like all of them, just wandering around looking for a place to go. I, I think, I don't know what the exact number is, but I would imagine a couple thousand at this point, maybe more. Probably should have said a little more context for all. You know, it's just Moses and, like, two dudes. It's all of the Jews at this point after they escaped Egypt. And two of the spies go, listen, God will not send us here just to get slaughtered by these giants. We've gone through all this horrible stuff. We have to trust him and go there and kill all the giants. And most, what are you talking about? It's like, okay, I'm not, it's not going to be easy. But if we trust in God... He'll have our back, and we'll have all this giant food. Well, apparently, that was not the popular plan. I don't know if they took a vote. I don't know if Moses was the final say, but whatever it was, Moses and the rest of the people said, We will wait. Well, there has to be a better place, right? There ha- there has to be a better place than this valley full of monstrous, <laughs> monstrous dinosaurs, possibly giants. So we'll find something else. And then they wandered through the wasteland for 40 years until finally they're like, "Okay, let's just go to the place of giants because obviously nothing else is working out for us. And that is that is where Israel would eventually be formed in this area now. I don't know if they eventually fought the Giants. I probably could have read a little bit more of the Book of Numbers. I think they just... I think it was basically like, at that point, the Blair Witch. God turned into the Blair Witch. Because it's not that you can't walk... If you walked in any direction for 40 years, you'll be like, oh, look it, now we're in Syria. If you walked in any direction for 40 years, you'd be like, hey, look, now we're in Scandinavia. You could have definitely left the region. It's almost almost like God did pull a Blair Witch, where once they got into the area and they displeased God or the Blair Witch in the movie, he completely was just like, you're just going to walk around aimlessly for as long as I want you to. And now (laughs) Moses didn't end up in a shack standing in a corner. Basically what I'm saying is that he, he distorted time and space. So they just walked around. No, he distorted space. Time unfortunately went by very, very slowly for 40 years. Anyways, I didn't know the Nephilim still existed. That was an interesting comment. And this is where, we'll wrap it up like this. I know these, and I want to apologize too. The episodes have been going really long this season. I really apologize for that. I'm trying to fix it. But giant grapes. I didn't know this story. I did not know this story at all. And I found out about it because of this blog called intime.blogspot.com. And this is where I first saw the theory. First off, why would God make an animal that's so big with such a small brain? It doesn't make sense. So it'd have to be something that Satan did. And Satan loves big things. Because the corruption of the earth is to make things out of the image God intended. Which would be Satan's plan. This is according to the guy, the End Time blog guy. There's a very interesting conspiracy theory. We'll put it on a conspiracy theory caps for a second time this episode. He goes... Satan likes to deform, to manipulate, to destroy the image that God has created on the earth. So that's why the Nephilim were so big. It was because it was a a bastardization of the human form. Sure, there's a lot of benefits to it. You're stronger, your skin's thicker, you can see longer distances (laughs) because you're 20 feet tall as opposed to 5 or 6 feet tall. but it's a perversion of the human form. And the guy who wrote the end times said, we see that later in the book of numbers after the great flood, all of this stuff that the grapes are huge. And so he goes, that was also proof that Satan was deforming the world. He was making it in a distorted image that God had crafted. I mean, great, Giant grapes sound great, but that's not what God intended. Grapes are supposed to be little tiny guys. Satan was making them bigger. There's a lot of benefits to having a bigger grape. But that's not what the plan was. You see where I'm going with this? This is really cool. And now, let me find out who actually wrote this. Let me look it up. Let me see if he posted his name, because I thought this was a really cool conspiracy theory, and we'll wrap it up like this. Some of you guys, I think, are like, (laughs) ugh. pretty creepy uh let's see here oh actually um elizabeth prata is her name i'm saying it was a dude but anyways uh elizabeth put forward this theory satan made grapes bigger satan was in in a roundabout way behind the nephilim they weren't angels that fell and rebelled against god during the initial war in heaven with lucifer but they fell later and you know They're not specifically named as demons, as followers of Satan. But the implication is, yes, they were also corrupting mankind. And the same way Satan would do it, by making things bigger. Elizabeth goes on to say that this is still going on today. She goes, what we're seeing when it comes to genetically modifying food, that is." The work of Satan. To make a bigger strawberry that requires less water so you can grow vast fields of these in the most arid desert, that's satanic. Because that's not part of the plan. Now you could, here's the thing, like you could start arguing stuff and be like, well, obviously, you know, man created penicillin, man created pesticides. A lemon and a lime never existed. We crossbred a blood orange from mongolia or wherever the citrus citrus fruits are not pollinated by anything but us if we died they'd be gone in a season there'd be no more lemon or lime trees i you don't want to put words in her mouth she, she might think lemons and limes are satanic as far as the penicillin as far as the pesticides that is generally considered still part of the natural world it's humans using something in the natural world to prevent something else but she's going why do we need giant strawberries what's the point of having bigger cows cheaper meat sure but she goes nowadays we got kids going through mostly girls going through puberty around nine years old and i've seen a lot of people say it's because of the growth hormones in the food supply a perversion of the natural order of things. Now, you wouldn't say that giant cow, that's satanic. She would. <laughs> right? She would. Because we go, no, it's cheaper meat, and we can have more milk. <laughs> Listen, it's pretty inhumane. I used to be a vegetarian. It got costs too much to be a vegetarian for me. I think about it from time to time, because it's quite cruel what we do with a lot of these animals. But, um, you know, I think someone, even if you didn't believe that Satan was behind <laughs> You're <laughs> like, Jason, we probably shouldn't be pumping these cows full of growth hormones or trying to give chickens three legs so we have extra drumsticks. And that's an, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because you can say, well, the Satan thing I don't agree with, but we do pervert the natural order for profit. Saving people's lives with penicillin or saving the food supply with pesticides. I mean, as long as it's not DDT or something like that, I get it. But yeah, the genetic modification of these foods she goes it's satan and she goes we know it's Satan because the last time he was involved in this he was making bigger food and bigger people and she goes we're a lot bigger than we used to be which is true we're just taller and stronger than we used to be she had a link saying that you if you took someone from today and you took them to a depression era movie theater they wouldn't be able to fit into the seats I followed that link and the article had been removed, but i <laughs> that's probably fact-checked true. People are having a hard time fitting in the movie theater seats today. You have to have those armrests now. <laughs> Think about it. A regular seat in a movie theater has armrests that go up and down. It's not so you can cuddle with your date. It's so you can be comfortable in these seats. She's saying that Satan's work... As far as creating the Nephilim has not ended. He's turning us into the Nephilim. A crazy conspiracy theory. Sure. Most likely, right? But at the same time, we've reached a point in society where some of us, many of us, actually, have grown so large That even in the face of death, even with flames climbing slowly behind us, we can't even fit through a window. We can't even leap to safety. Instead, we get stuck there and scream for help as we slowly burn to death. If that's not satanic, I don't know what is. DeadRabberRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.comslash Radio. TikTok is at DeadRabberRadio. Dead Radio is the daily paranormal, conspiracy, and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today.